Well, hello, dearies. Thank you for joining our podcast today. Please do click that subscribe button and shoot us a text whenever you'd like at 702-466-1150. This message has been brought to you by the two crazy cat ladies. Now, feel free to pet your pussies while you enjoy this podcast. I'm Jay. I'm Adrian, And together we are the, the two, two crazy, crazy cat ladies. ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut you. I think I just peed. Buckle up. We're back in the closet. Welcome to episode number 0045 of Back in the Closet with the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. It's 45. 45? This is our 45th episode? 45th episode. Where does the time go? Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. That is nuts. Hey, thank you guys so much for hanging with us. It's these nuts. 45 episodes in. You guys are rock stars and I love each and every one of you. Yes, everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching live on YouTube, you guys, yeah, you're rock stars for sure. So for Sure. You were just mentioning that you had so many topics that you wanted to talk about today, and I, I have... said on topic of how to how to pick the right vet. And because that's said our, no. supposed to be our topic today is right. how to pick the right vet. Um, but so what... but no, I actually had other things because I was like I was thinking of all kinds of things. I can't think of a single one of them now. Really, I want yeah. to talk about this for just a second. Okay. Last night, um, in one of our during COVID adventures, um, we had two of our very good friends over that we have not seen yes. since. Before, Before the pandemic, started. right? Um, and last night, kind of as a, a birthday celebration, it was a surprise for Jay. Um, we had our first fire pit of the of the season. Yes, it was just chilly enough that we put a few logs on the fire and had a fire pit. Here's my thing, though, and I want to um, let everyone know that if you have like old furniture that you've cut down and you use it as firewood. I feel like last night's um, fire has made me very um, allergic to whatever wood we were burning. You know what it probably is? What? Because um, I know what wood you're talking about. The chairs. Yeah. Right? The chairs. So the it's chairs. the varnish on the chairs. Don't It's the varnish. varnish. Because you remember we, we varnished it. We like repainted it. We revarnished it when we first yeah. got it. And then we decided that we were going to burn it. And then mm-hmm. you breathe in all those fumes. Yeah, I think it took a toll I on mean, me. I mean, think about this, guys. Like, when it comes to us as a campfire. Like, that's... And yes, we're Tabitha. big. We're big. But also Hi, think about Angela. your cats, right? So oh. when, we're, when we're burning things like candles, you know, like... Oh, that, way they to have connect all, the dots. Right? Like, when we're burning candles, like, there's all, there's <clears> fumes <throat> going into the air. And those fumes, if um, if put together with something toxic, right? Like say essential oils, certain essential oils, synthetic essential oils, or say it's put together with um, uh, paraffins, 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 um, which are toxic to our cats. Then um, we're asking them to breathe that in so that we can enjoy the smell. But it's very similar to what Adrian experienced when we burned I know I didn't furniture. want to waste it, but that's what Tina's saying. Oh, yes, never burn stuff with paint or varnish on it. And I am the fire queen. I love to I be up in the you fire. I that. I was down there, like, blowing on the embers. And I remember a couple times being like, man, I'm really congested. I also had a beer for the first time in a long time. And uh, that made me really congested. congested. So it was a bad combination of all. But I, uh, before we jump into our topics today, whatever they may be, and definitely want to talk about how to pick the right vet because that's so that important. That is the topic. I need to point out a comment that we have here on our YouTube live for those listening on the podcast. Marissa said, I'm not drinking. We were just talking about the beverages of choice. Marissa said, I am not drinking for a couple of days, maybe weeks. 
What? And I'm just wondering what that means. Maybe months? Someone's running a little late, maybe? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, and we just got off a VIP Zoom. Yeah, somebody's got to keep us, you got to keep us posted on it. You got to keep us posted on it. What are the little faces? Oh, it is like a little grin with with a little... Like Denise, Denise said, okay, real quick. Sorry, everybody that's listening um, because you're not involved in this conversation right. that we're having YouTube on YouTube Live. live right but you guys can watch us anytime, every Sunday evening at, at 4.30, around 4.30-ish uh, Pacific late. time. You can um, you can catch us live on YouTube um, while we record these podcasts. Now, Denise said, do I have some time to make dinner before the live? Well, yes. sure. You, you have got an hour like and an 14 hour, minutes. 14 minutes before yeah. we announce a How long does it take to heat up a hot pocket? Heat up a hot pocket, girl. <laughs> Joking. Um, so anyway, today, guys, we want to talk about. I want. I wanted specifically to talk about. We're recording this in October. October is National Pet Wellness Month, and we are big advocates. As we just did a podcast um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, we just did a podcast on how important it is that we get our cats to the vet. Yes. Now, from that live. We hear, we, we, we listen to all of your feedback, right? We, we literally, we read them, we, we, we get where everybody's coming from. And there were, there were so many people that came to me and they said, or came to us and they said, um, I want to take my cat in every uh, year for right. their wellness exam, however, my vet always insists on vaccinating them, and I don't want them vaccinated. Well, there were a or number of responses. My time, vet always A, B, C, yeah, D, every E. Every single time I take my cat to the vet, even if it's for a wellness check, they find something wrong and give them steroids and antibiotics. You know, like, there's, there's, the, I, we were getting all of this kind of feedback, and so we felt like it's time to address that as well. Um, because... Because we're find, still kind of new to it ourselves. Yeah, and finding the and, right vet can be overwhelming it can be really difficult and we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, about and uh, like about the importance of literally doing regular uh, doing visits. your yeah doing making sure your cat gets to the vet every year at at least under 10 and twice a year over 10 but but that seems like a lot with any cats but it's it not is the... always as easy as maybe it is for us now Right. Right. Because for us we to just do that for everybody. Years only going to the vet if there was something that emergency troubled us. Right. Something that we were concerned about. Something that um, was wrong. And we now know that our cats will not let us know that there's something wrong until it's probably something they've been really suffering wrong. with for a, for a while. So we have uh, a broken hearts over a couple of. Long overdue vet visits, right? We've made some mistakes. We've ideally learned from them. Hey guys, Jay here with the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. We recently realized that many of our podcast listeners don't know that we also have a website where we offer a full line of nutritional products made specifically to help treat and prevent feline ailments. If your kitty's dealing with a health issue or if you're just looking to prevent health issues, check out our website at twocrazycatladies.com. That's T-W-O crazycatladies.com and reach out to us if you have any questions. Now back to the podcast. But the the idea of picking a vet is um, not something we ever even thought about. It's like, where do I live? Where's the nearest vet? That's my vet, right? Whatever is going to be most convenient. When we moved into this um, community that we live in now, 
for the last seven years, there's literally a veterinarian in our community within the community, and it was like this we don't is even amazing. have to go out on like a, a on a street, right? We are literally still in our community, and we go to the vet. How wonderful! And it's not so a amazing. long, traumatic car ride. We right? talked about how for the for um, I mean, Friday we're only Zorro, like a mile wide. Our right, our whole community our is whole not community that big. Is only a mile wide, so, so it's a five minute drive. It's not forty five minutes on the road. It's not. It takes stop five and go and what. It's maybe five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I take those corners slow with my babies. In and the all car. the ducks and on the street. Wait just a second. So Marissa said, Marissa, who we thought may not have been drinking due to perhaps a human growing within her, said, oh, no, ma'am. Oh. I drank too much and ended up in the toilet. Apple, apple, apple cider and spiced rum, rum does not taste good. Coming back up. Coming back up. Oh, okay, okay. okay. All right, okay. So okay. it's not always picking the vet that is most convenient. Which is what we did for a long time. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, like 11 years. Like a really right. long time. Like, and we had, we went through, for those of you guys that follow us, you know that we've gone through several vets. Oh, we're like, in I, the I'm like, digits. I fire vets. Like, I would fire, like, employees. And that that's not vets. like firing. It's it's like when we get in the car, we're leaving. She's like, I'm not going back there. Mm-hmm. Like, I used didn't to, like, fire I used to, them. No, like, I used to quit my jobs. Right. Like, Just never go I back. I hate that job. Never going back. <laughs> back in my, right. you know, early 20s. We juveniles do crazy things. But when our cats' lives depend on the decisions that we make, um, there are a couple big ticket items. And I think that it's so incredible to have the opportunity to feel empowered enough to say, all right, let's let's look geographically. Who are the vets that are within a reasonable driving distance? Look up those websites. Read the about us. Find out who the veterinarians are. Pick your top picks, and then make an appointment, literally to interview your vet and ask all the questions that you ask yourself on the way to the vet. Usually, I wonder if they're going to make me do this. I wonder what they think about that. I wonder if they're going to be mad that I feed a species-appropriate diet. I wonder if they're going to try to give us antibiotics for constipation. I wonder all those questions that you're asking yourself on the way to the vet, or maybe don't have um, the balls to ask at the vet. Make an appointment to ask those questions. I agree. I think that um, I think that interviewing a vet is uh, is a good idea, but I do also understand that many of us live, many of you guys live in small towns, and when you live in a small town, you maybe have two, you maybe have three veterinarians. A few options that you have very limited options. We are lucky enough to live in one of the biggest cities in the, in the country, so we have a plethora of options, and we which is why we were able to fire. 11 vets because we were like Mm-mm, again she, don't she like says them. fire very loosely i say fire fire very loosely yes Which but um like we're like okay going to this vet transfer over the paperwork yada right. yada yada um but here's the thing we as cat parents have to also be very it's it's i know it sounds like a lot of work it sounds like a lot of work, and I, I think about this oftentimes because people are like, wait a second. Like, I chose to not have kids, instead have cats. And so why are you telling me all of a sudden that I have to have this high-maintenance individual that I have to take care of, and it's a cat? It's not a kid. It's a cat. Right. Well, why? I take issue you know, with you calling it it's to begin with. Well, I don't know if it's a he or she, okay. so I don't want to say he or she. I will say it okay. because of that. Not right. Um, or they. Whatever it works. works. Poly, poly, yamorous. 
Oh my gosh. I don't even know what polyamorous You're is. You're being polyamorous right now. <laughs> what is that? Not really sure, but... <laughs> We're so smart. Polyamorous is that word that um, some of the young people try to teach us about people that are not attracted don't to identify. certain genders. Don't. They're attracted just to people in general. Oh, and they're not okay. necessarily of a sexual nature, I believe. No, that's but, asexual, right? But no. polyamorous is, I think, us talking about a number of things at the same time, yammering about a plethora of really? topics. I'm going to go ahead and coin that phrase right now. Polyamorous. Polyamorous. That's what we're going to start saying. This is like Because we always talk over <laughs> Each other. We're polyamorous. It's a poly- polyacurous. Yamorous. Yam- Yammering yammer. away. Anyway, Yammering wow, on. we got really up. Anyway, uh, I, get Becky, that, I, love you. I get that it is um, really difficult um, for a lot of people to find a vet that works a- alongside your mindset, right? Whatever that is. So some of us are like, you know, I don't, I don't really care what my cat eats. Okay, but I do want to make sure that they're not over-vaccinated. Yay for you to, like, yay, absolutely. Because that's a huge, huge factor. So how do I find a vet that will... pansexual. Sorry. Pansexual. Yes, thank you, Bonnie. Bonnie. Yes. We're way off with our... We don't don't know those words very well. Sorry. Um, We, yeah. We should be more educated. We identify as cat shit crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... So, but it, it is still really difficult, and we know this from experience as well, yeah. that it is it can be really difficult to find that right vet. So here's here's what um, the, the interview process, absolutely. I know it takes extra time out of yeah. your day. I get that it will be, you know, something that you have to schedule, something that you might have to even take off work for because the hours of your veterinarian is the same hours that you're working, and all of this is really complicated. Um, but... Or it seems complicated, but when you get to a point, inconvenient, yes. Once you get to the point where you are actually happy with the veterinarian and you trust and love that veterinarian enough, or say you love two. We have three. We we know, we're very adamant about certain things, certain cats, and certain care that our, that our cats get. So, you know, some, like we have a veterinarian that is a conventional veterinarian. Um, and she is somewhat integrative because, uh, as soon as we had that conversation with her, that initial, um, uh, interview, if you will, that said, and then where we said, listen, this is our, this is our process. We, this is uh, how we're doing it. We actually work in pet nutrition. We're very much into, we don't want to do over vaccinating. She's like, Oh, I wouldn't do that anyway. And we don't want to, you know, over medicate our cats. Like we want to really get to the root of certain matters. And she was like, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally down for that. That was awesome. We were like, this is our vet. This is the only vet we're going to well, use. I think it's However, worth- then we get kittens. And our kittens, we know that as a conventional veterinarian, we're not going to get the vaccinations that are healthy, that are ha- that are that right. are s- more safe. So we go to the holistic veterinarian, and then we find out that, you know, then we realize we have to fix, like, have our right. cats spay and neuter. And there's different options, especially as spays go, and right. um, and finding someone that's very familiar with the both procedures. And doesn't do it like in a, oh, today is spay day, and we're just going to line them up and cut them out kind of thing. Um, so we have another vet, which uh, we did a fantastic job with our Friday and Zorro. I do want to, uh, what I wanted to mention just a minute ago when you were talking about that, 
So we basically have two conventional vets. One is slightly integrative. I would say 50-50, actually. She's always like, well, let's try some B12 first. Or are you using omega-3s? Yeah. Like, great, very great conversation. And then we have our holistic vet. I think it's really important for us to recognize that communication oftentimes um, takes care of a, a number of issues that we may think are conflictual. Exactly. So we may go to a veterinarian that is completely conventional, and we're not going to see eye to eye, for example, um, we're not going to see eye to eye on a number of things. But because we have open communication and there's a genuine mutual ex- respect for each other, we're still able to be teammates in our cat's health. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're not going to, like I might have done um, prior to kind of evolving, I guess you'd say, as a, as a cat parent and as like a, a understanding of the need of our veterinarians. Um, I... I'm not going to end the relationship with the veterinarian that we love the most simply because she sells science diet, Hills prescription diets and Purina and, and Royal Canin prescription diets to some of her other clients. She doesn't do that with us because she knows that we are not about that. And she commends us for not being about that. However, that is what some people want and in her mind maybe need, but we, that's not, that should not be a point of contention. Right. So sometimes we just have to have a a more one-on-one open life. mind as well because I remember watching yeah. Jay's face because a lot of times um, so I'm going to tell you guys a little story when we brought Friday and Zorro in for their spay and neuter a, two years ago oh my god two years ago and this was to a veterinarian that we knew was very good at the overectomy that we wanted done for Friday and also it was a very one-on-one this is the day that this procedure is going to happen, we're just going to do your two cats. It wasn't a chop-chop day, as, yeah. as um, we often a lot of to. times you'll find in cat clinics. Uh, we're in there with the veterinarian. We're having a very open, honest conversation about what their diets are, what their vaccines have been, um, all of that jazz. And the doctor feels the need to let us know exactly how he feels about feeding a species-appropriate diet. And so for about five to seven minutes... He had to list all of the risks and his concerns and all of that. And I was watching Jay's face because part of being the best advocate you can be for your cat is being able to digest information or even digest criticism in a way that's not going to interfere with the best results for our kitties. Right. So while Jay could have said at that moment, you know what, really don't appreciate your attitude when it comes to how I'm going to decide to feed my cats because they're my cats and I don't like the fact that you actually know nothing about nutrition and have zero problem trying to give my cat royal canin because, I mean, she could have gone off. As I might have done in the past. As she may have done in the past. Instead, she respectfully listened and said, I appreciate and understand where you're coming from. Let's move forward. Because we're taking our babies home and they are going to be fed a species-appropriate diet, which is fine. And he accepted the fact that we were not changing the diet and we were able to move on. So just understand that sometimes that conflict is something that we can exacerbate by simply not accepting the fact that, that people are going to have to say certain things, especially when it comes to veterinarians. Or want to, yeah, or what, whatever it is. Everybody has a different, I mean, right now, like, look, look, this, this, I'm just getting this, but this, this topic is like high point right now in the middle of political season, right? Like trying to get along with somebody. Oh, where you have different. Where you have totally differing opinions. Right. 
because you need them as we all need each other. Mm-hmm. You need them for, for the best wellness and health of your, of your cat in this specific right. situation. Right. So we have to understand that not everybody has the same opinion. Everybody has a different view. Many veterinarians, conventional veterinarians are taught um, nutrition or, or not taught nutrition or taught nutrition by, um, you know, the big, big uh, brand pet food companies. And so what they feel that they know or what they know. And what they is, genuinely are passionate about. Right. Happens to be. In um, conflict. In conflict with what you know, right? So it's all—it's all about like it's all about um, fostering a relationship, and and realizing that like not being angry, right? Right. Don't be angry I, at your vet for the fact that they don't know what you know, or they don't believe what you know, right? right. Or what you learned. It's also super important to understand, like take a moment and think about what your life would be like as a veterinarian. You spend every day getting up, going to work, caring for a lot of animals. And you guys, we cat parents are such culprits for waiting until something is terribly wrong, rushing to the vet and being like, fix this, right? That cat had, that vet has absolutely no concept of the history the health history of your cat. They have no context to compare what's going on with what you're telling them is going on with, right? There's not a lot of history there. So, and they are, their whole mission in life is to help animals. So I think it's really important as well to remember that um, someone asked the question, Kat said tips for the first vet visit. I think it's so important that we go, I think veterinarians With the truly, happiest attitude you have. Well, so don't wake up and let, like, don't, it, like, don't drink too much the night before so you're angry or, like, hungover. Um, make sure that you're, like, feeling good. Set, like, set up the appointment and go in with that, with a happy, without expectation, but with a, with a, um, a happy attitude. And the energy is huge. Energy is a, is a huge thing. It's not just for our cats. It's also for us. When we walk in with a good energy to anybody, anybody that disagrees with everything, any anything that's like that your cat parents, that you have a different lifestyle, that you have different politics, whatever it is, we are able to, when we do that, only when we do that, but when we do that, we are able to foster a good relationship with somebody that is completely different from us. So we can do that with our vets. And that is my, that's my number one advice, piece of advice on, yeah, number and one piece of advice. And also recognize for all of us, I think, is when we go into that vet, understand that vet is going to appreciate the fact that you are making, you are taking the initiative with your pet's health. I think it's something that most vets would appreciate. I think so too. That they, they know that you are a, a care conscious guardian and that you, you're, you're trying to build a history of a health history with that veterinarian and that you want the best for that cat and that that is part of your mission with meeting with them and not, you know, tone and body language and linguistics and all that do play a part. We don't want to go in with any kind of, like when Jay said, go in without any expectation. Don't go in there being like, y'all going to try to feed me prescription diets. Y'all going to try to do this. Don't do that. Don't go in there with that attitude. Go in there with, this is a medically trained human being whose life mission is to help animals. And I want to see if they're a good fit for me and mine. Yeah. And and, and maybe they are. And if they're not, that doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that yes, that's not Bonnie. a fit for you. Right? right. That's absolutely fine. 
It's like when we're choosing companions, some of them are great people, but they just don't fit us. We get that, right? Yeah. Tina asked um, about Madison's, why we chose Madison's um, alternative. So we have, so we, um, we were, you were just talking about Friday we had and shared, how we chose. To be specific, right? So we have a veterinarian that we really loved. Um, that did the spay and neuter for Friday and Zorro two years ago. He's an incredible surgeon, outrageous reviews, very conventional veterinarian. He's the vet that I mentioned earlier, gave us the rundown on his concerns about raw feeding. However, when it comes to Madison, both Madison and Jack um, are still showing uh, some sort of inflammation. It's not inflammation. It is... um so actually, not just Madison and Jack, all of our cats. Well, no, they but the, have, gu- the gums as well. Oh, oh, yes, right. yes. So they're showing inflammation in their gums, um, or they were. She actually isn't She's, anymore. She looks She's, better. She still has some limits on the visit, inside. Right. In this last visit, she right. said she was good. Um, he is. But they were showing some inflammation in their gums at the holistic vet. The holistic vet said... Um, because of this, I don't want to vaccinate them because we were taking them in, you know, for their second trip to the vet at six months old so that they could be vaccinated. And, um, any vet, and we ran vet blood will tests not, first. Will not vaccinate a potentially ill cat. If there's right. something that's red flagging them, you, you never want to that vaccinate. That might be a question. You might even want to have that as a question. Right. Would you vaccinate my cat if they were sick? Like that might be, that's, well, that's I mean, a, for me, that's like a tail tell. Well, tail tell, tail tell? Tell tale. Tail tell, tell tale. Tell tale. Tail tale. Tell tale. Tell tale. Tell tale. Tell tale. It's a tail tale. I think that's a, that's a, so with Jack and Madison, they had inflammation in their gums. We weren't really sure what was going on. And she said, well, I'm really just not comfortable vaccinating yet. Then we went back for a blood test. And the blood test showed um, everything was good except for their immune systems are a little. Eosinophils. Eosinophils. Like, that's are just a, a bit, bit high that are that are a bit high so she said i still don't want to vaccinate her and we're like okay but we still have to have her spay so the conventional veterinarian that is amazing at the spay and uh, neuter requires vaccinations requires specifically a rabies vax right in order to spay or neuter them so it was like okay do we potentially wait until she gets could potentially get pregnant like we're, we're by Jack. We're getting close to uh, we are. Madison we're getting being that. of age. We're getting that. So we're we were we've we've spent the last two weeks really truly very concerned that there may be activities that we would not approve of prior happening. to her spay. Yeah. Right. So the the decision that we were left with was: Do we vaccinate her, her while we don't know if she's completely well? Right. And get her spayed the way that we'd like to, the way that we saw it, or do we get the entire what is it called? Hysterectomy. It's the ovary hysterectomy, Overall where they take out the ovaries and the uterus. Right. Do we it's do a- that and not have her vaccinated yet? And right. so for our decision was for the overall health and well-being of her, just to be on the safe side, we're going to go ahead with this. Procedure, procedure instead and we discussed it at length so it's you know the doctors that the doctor that does it has been doing it for 40 plus years they've never had issues and there's pros but, and cons guys like if you leave the uterus in there like we did with friday that's another organ that's another organ that can get they, that this potential can potentially have issues right so infection down the road there could be a or, uteral yeah a uterus of right. infection there could be cancer in the uterus like there's so many the things bo- uh, bottom line though really is and what we really saw be, from our experience and this is by no means a, a scientific study with friday uh, having the over uh, overectomy where yeah. they just take out the ovaries 
far easier um, recovery period. Yes. No complications. Yeah. And it could be, you know, as Jay, Jay and I were talking about this, she said, well, part of it could be Friday's genetics. You know, we don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, there's only she's two just cats a different cat, right? We've that just we're really... testing. It's like, or that we, we, we did two different things too. It's not right. like we have a study of cats, right. but from our experience. And Madison having the, the ovary hysterectomy <clears throat> with the the ovaries and the uterus being taken out, it is a more um, invasive. invasive procedure. It's yeah. obviously more taxing on their system. Uh, but her recovery has been scarier for us because the only point of reference that we really have is Friday. And right. that seemed effortless. And she's been fantastic ever since. So it's a tough call. Um, Bonnie's asking, and this is goes back to um, our holistic vet. She said, what about nozode vaccinations? Yeah. So that's what, so that's what we're doing. That's what we did with uh, Zorro and Friday as far as their FVRCP, which is the um, distemper basically uh, vaccine that your, your cat's kittens should have at, um, as they're, when they're, they should have right so that's what we were that's what we do that's what we've been doing since we had friday and zorro so for the past like two years or whatever we um we do the no sodes for this vaccine and then and then with friday and zorro because we took them to this amazing surgeon we had to get the rabies we vaccine the pure vax. but we did the pure vax which is non the non-adjuvanted vaccine so it's not the live virus so it's a safer version of the and you guys can get this ask your vet if you're if you have kittens or you have cats that that need to be vaccinated we're, we only they, do it bring once them in for ever. boarding or grooming and right they need but it. if they have to be vaccinated for rabies look um look for pure vax or ask them for pure vax everybody knows what it they, is every oh, veterinarian know, knows what it is and knows it's safer too and knows that it's now. safer and uh, it's a non-adjuvanted so that's what we did for friday and zorro so that we could get them spay and neutered at this specific clinic um and they've i mean we we, we didn't have any kind of reactions None like they're at all. they're great courtney is asking some really great great questions uh first of all she said first impressions matter to both the vet staff and the client yes going in positively and open-minded is big yes such courtney, a great exactly. point exactly i love you saying that and she said exactly. what were some of the key questions you asked you asked at each of your vets for you to continue doing business with them i would say let me say this real quick i think a lot of our questions were a statement followed by a question so i think that confidence is mm -hmm. key in what we're doing for us, we feed a species-appropriate diet. So, for example, we say we do feed our cats an all-raw species-appropriate diet. Um, is that going to be an issue? Yep. That kind of question. Yeah. I really don't like over-vaccinating. I am a big fan of making sure that I tire before I risk over-vaccinating my cats. Yep. Is that an issue? And tighter testing. Offer that? Right. And right? tighter testing. And, and you know what? Um, some of our veterinarians um, have looked at us like tighter testing. You're asking me about tighter testing right. your cat? Like, really? And, I mean, even the good ones. Like, even the if, best well, on our list. because all veterinarians like, are tighter mm -hmm. tested. They get those rabies vaccines more often than us normal humans because they're right. dealing with animals that potentially have rabies. It's not just dogs and cats that get brought into the vet clinic that need their expertise and assistance and care. I mean, they get all sorts of animals and they are routinely titer tested to make sure that their antibodies for rabies are at a place where they are immune to um, 
that terrible disease. So so they know what titer testing is, but it's very rare that they get a pet parent that comes in and says, hey, I'd like to do titer what? testing. When I no. called our the one that we love the most, when I called her, her clinic and I talked to the, the and she's nurse. the conventional slash integrative the, yeah. veterinarian. Uh, and I said, we'd like to get uh, um, two of our cats titer tested. Um, can you tell me, you know, about how much price? would that cost? And they were like, I'm sorry, you want what? what and I was saying? like, titer testing, um, where they, where they measure the antibodies and to make sure that the vaccine took, like I was actually just making sure that the vaccine took, I wasn't even looking to see if they're still like, before I give them another vaccine, I was like, did the first one work? I want right. to see it. And um, they didn't know they what, were, it, I, they they didn't didn't know what, what it was. was. And, well, and that's also when something... they called back, they were like, it's going to be like 300 and something dollars per cat. And I don't think, and I was like, oh, so there's this, uh, and it, there's it a ended service, up like so you a, can get a blood drawn, done, a blunt, protect a the pets. blood draw com. done at your vet's office, regular blood draw, and you can send it in yourself and get it done for around 69, 60, $49. $49. And, he, and it, so protect the Dr. John Robb um, does this through Kansas state. So that's where they can, all go anyways, isn't it? For no, testing? no, they say they do, but they don't. Okay. Um, there's actually two other labs that do them. And that's yeah. where you get all the expenses when it comes to tighter testing. Mm. But, um, or Kansas state and you're going through Kansas state, but because you have to, anyway, I'm not going to go into all of the details of that, but, um, you can go through protectthepets.com and, um, I asked our, that veterinarian, mm -hmm. I said, okay, so it's going to be $350 per cat for a, uh, for a titer test. Um, would you be, would, would the veterinarian, would, um, the doctor be open to doing a blood draw, um, where I can actually send it in myself and, and do it for a lot cheaper, um, through Kansas state. And she was like, that is a rude question. And we would not be like, why would you do it through somebody else when you have? Well, because her? it costs $250 versus less. 49. Uh, so that is a tighter testing is a whole different yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast, Sorry. but I do want to say this, something that Jay was saying, um, earlier when she said, I want to make sure I want to, I want to do tighter testing to make sure that that first vaccine took, I think a lot of us are learning a lot about vaccines right now with the whole COVID thing going on because the efficacy is of a lot of these vaccines have a percentage rate of efficacy really where they're, where they actually work. So yeah. this COVID vaccine that they're trying to come out with, they're looking to try to get a, a, an efficacy rate. If I'm saying it up right, to up 50%. to 50%. Up to 50%, meaning that 50% of the people that get this vaccine will actually may not develop antibodies at all. Mm -hmm. So the same is true for our cats. So we can ask, what is the efficacy rate of this vaccine traditionally? So that when we go in tighter, before we over-vaccinate, there's a chance that it maybe it did not take yeah. for our cats. So yeah. we want them to build the appropriate antibodies, but we also want to make sure that we're not over-vaccinating them. Yeah. So uh, all, so all to say what we like, I think the point that we want to make today is, um, that there, there is hope in the veterinarian field for those of oh you guys God. that feel like there is not. And I get that. Nope. Um, there's so many of you guys that reached out to <clears> us <throat> and said, this isn't like this, there's no way that this is going to work out. I cannot find a vet that doesn't vet. want to. Every single time I take my cat in, all they want to do is give them antibiotics and steroids without even doing a, a culture to see what kind of infection they may have. Or, you know, it's just, it's kind of like the throw a pill at the ill kind of thing. Like, right. let's just let, throw something at them. Um, and you're not comfortable with that as a cat parent. And I get that. I understand that. I am that way as well. 
Um, so we have to do our due diligence yeah. and we have to create a relationship and it's a harder, positive relationship. It's much harder, much harder for those of you guys that don't have a plethora of options, right? If you only have three, be. two or three vets, it can be much harder. If you only have two or three vets in your area where you can actually drive to, to take your cats, then you may have to spend a little bit more time fostering that relationship and well, really like, uh, like that's true. I think that so much of it depends on us. And I think what we were talking about oh, earlier, what Courtney us. mentioned is going in with that positivity, even if we're getting like a nasty attitude back yeah. or a judgmental, whatever, if this is our only option, it's very important that we work together because we will to always need a, a medical assistant at medical assistance at some point. Bonnie, real quick. I love this question because we just went through this. How old does a kitten need to be before their um, first, first vaccine? vaccine? And how old before a spay and neuter? Uh, for spay and neuter, I think it's important question. to remember that we ideally will catch our little lady girl cats before their first heat. And that can vary, right? They'll start seeing signs. A lot of people say, look for any swollenness in that area. And, and that's when they're starting to come in of age. Um, with Friday and with uh, Madison, both about seven months. And we managed to get it before their first heat. We have heard that some cats can go into heat as early as four months old. Yeah. So and I think it has a lot to, to do with like like how many other cats they have around and what right. they're in you know with our we, boy we keep cats them, we and keep why them it was important for us to make sure that we took care of Madison first is because with our boy cats, they have far more complications if they're neutered while they're still growing with their urethra, with urinary tract issues. So for our Jack boy who's still sleeping over here in the scarf basket um, we are going to wait as long as possible. And that's going to be something that you can determine because our boy cats that's like That's probably going to gonna be about nine months. Right. Nine months to nine a year. Nine a year. Nine months to a year. Nine yeah. months to a year is, is ideally for boys um, so that we can hopefully avoid. Here's the thing. We have a twister. Oliver Twist is our 16-year-old, our 17-year-old, I think now, mm -hmm. um, this month. Um because oh we God, yeah. It. Yeah. So, um, or, or what we October determine. is the best month. It really is in all the, the best, land. It is the best month. Yeah. Um, so our Mister Twister is our oldest man, and in his entire when we when he found us, he adopted us. We didn't adopt him. He came to our backyard. He jumped in. He said, "Hey, can I stay?" He's our cat now, um, and was. And when we took him to the vet and found out he was a year, about a year to a year and a half old. Yeah. Um. We got him, and he was spraying already. Um. We got him neutered, and. Of he all, was spraying back. He has never had, so he was a year and a half old before he got neutered, mm -hmm. and he has never once had any kind of urinary issue ever. No. Um, so I believe that there is a truth to um, the veterinarians that tell us, hey, wait as long as possible to get your male cats neutered for sure. Uh um, for the vaccines, though, too, I think it's really important when, we're, when we have n new babies, it's really important. So they get a lot of the antibodies from, they call, what do they call them, um, maternal antibodies from their mama, right? So their through mother's, mother's milk. milk, ideally, a lot of our kittens don't have the benefit of us even knowing who their mama is or if they've been weaned appropriately or what that may be. So um, for vaccines, though, we do want to wait as long as possible. We want to help support their immune system as they're growing. Because a vaccine, by its nature, stimulates the immune system. Right. And so we, we want to make sure they're. While it's... So we want to make sure that their immune system is completely 
um, developed, yeah. right? Now, there's different ideas of how, what age their immune system is completely developed. Um, some say eight weeks, which is why they do a lot of it in, oh. in shelters. I don't agree with that. Some say um, six months, and that's kind of what we that's... go on personally just because it's like if I can wait I can wait six months. My cats are going to be yeah. not exposed to anything for the first six months of their lives, so yeah. I can wait till six months just to be on the safe side. Um, we don't know that. We don't scientifically. I don't even think there well, is. Well, I think on it's that. fascinating. Well, Dr. Karen Becker had a great um, uh, podcast or interview talking about how kittens' guts. You know, you hear a lot about leaky gut syndrome. Yeah, it's where their gut is literally still porous. So things, anything that they eat, leaks into their whole system. And she was talking about how newborn kitties, newborn babies, are they have an open very poor that's part of being receiving the the mama's antibodies right. all that to help their whole system and it takes a while before that actually seals up and you want to wait until that happens yeah. before you start introducing but if we're over back if we're giving them a ton of vaccines and a lot of people talk about if those combo get, shots for those very young babies uh, never do that don't do combo I will shots say that. Never try to put at least that. 2 weeks be, and a lot of conventional veterinarians will say hey we're doing the combo all done, in, out, come for your booster, we're fine. 45 bucks, Right, you're, you're in and out. And we don't know, right? I, how many times have we just been like, oh, whatever you say? But a combo shot is a re really tough on their system. So we want to put whatever vaccines that are we've decided need to be done, we want to put at least two weeks between them so that there is, if there is any sort of reaction, we have time to catch it and treat it before we bombard their system. Or even with if there's more. not any kind of reaction, here's the thing is that their immune system, system has to be is is being stimulated and let's let that calm down for a minute yeah. before we stimulate it again and pump them full of another virus cuz that's what it's doing. We're pumping the immune system full of a virus to tell the immune system, "Hey, become immune to this virus." So, yeah. Marissa is here. Marissa who is not, not drinking pregnant. today because she's not Pregnant. She's hungover, she was just hung over. God bless you. She said, I had Obi, who is a beautiful baby, neutered at three years old just because I was too young and didn't have any money. Yeah. I, well, I'm you sure know what? Obi we have been, honestly, um, I want to say that we have been super blessed in our. Um, with our boys? With our, with our uh, lack of funds, mm. I want to say. Like, because so many of our cats. Um, Cats that have now, you know, most of them have now passed, but so many of them lived a really, really long life, like a good, healthy, happy life because we didn't have the money to take them in or the smarts for even thinking that we well, should take them in. If we would have taken them in, that's in a Knoxville double, for that's a, a double-edged statement. I mean, well, I think yeah. that there's part yeah, of us that can say. But I mean, they say, didn't get over-vaccinated. Right. They were we not, not over-vaccinated because it was like, oh, well, they got that one. Carcinoma, carcinomas, anything like that. Sarcomas. Sarcomas. I said carcinomas. What is that? Tit for tail. Or tail for t Whatever you said. <laughs> tail, it. tail. Tail, tail. Tail, tail. tail. Uh, that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I do not advocate for that in general at all. I think that it's really important, though, that we, when we know better, we do better. Yes. And we don't. 
you know, our yearly... And that doesn't mean we become judgmental to no. those that don't don't believe the same way we believe. It so means that we have important. to work a little bit harder to become, uh, to confident. foster a relationship, to become confident, and to have a relationship that's not judgmental, that's non-judgmental, that is... That is um, understanding of where your veterinarian is so that you know that you have um that your cat's in good hands when it comes to the point that they need them for their annual vet visits or their or an emergency type i think it's really important to go in with that attitude of mutual respect yes like this is this is my uh, you guys we're such helicopter moms oh my god but you know, it's one thing. We that really are. It is. It's going into the vet, being like, "This is my baby. This is my um, companion animal. This is not your companion animal." But also having that mutual respect of this is a person that has dedicated their life, probably still has three hundred thousand dollars worth of debt to pay off, and goes mm-hmm. in every Just day to, to handle some of the most heart wrenching uh, situations any human should have to go through. Yeah. And here they are to care for our. A companion animals as well so that mutual mutual respect component i think is so important for us to always have and at that point of disagreement take a step back because it doesn't i don't doesn't care. mean you have to just go I don't with care whatever what it they means say. to me i care what the bottom line is for my cat. cat and that's hard for a lot of us to take that step down and say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna handle the fact that you're devaluing my choices i'm gonna handle the fact that you are telling me this may not be the best thing in your mind when it comes to species-appropriate diets, for example. Um, but at the end of the day, it's my decision, and I want to do what's best for my cat, and it is a, a collaborative effort. We can do so many things so holistically, I know. So many no, things so holistically. I'm laughing. But we're always going to need. I'm laughing because you just spit on your hand. Really? Oh, I caught it. Great. Be careful. That could have COVID in it. <laughs> Um, it's a collaborative effort and I think the mutual mutual respect component is so important yeah. and positivity so let's be kind to each other let's understand that we're going to have differences of opinions but feel confident enough to have the have the conversation ask the questions and, and don't let the the fear of grow. not finding the right veterinarian stop you from looking for the right oh, veterinarian because you will need one and, and don't you will be, be in the very position upset. don't be in the position very upset when you don't have one rushing in and this vet has no idea who my cat is, what's what their history on. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those are mistakes that we've made, which is why we're big advocates of, you know, just making the extra effort and finding some vets that you can have a really, really good communication with, yes. regardless of anything you may disagree so with. So we're going to wrap this up because this is way over the really amount of time is. that we wow. normally spend on a, on a podcast. But... Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. It, um, it's, it's, I mean, if we could take away, take away one sentence, take away, what would you say? From today? Yeah. You're like, where, where, take away, take away to. Commitment. I just a, a commitment set to up the a process. Commitment. Yeah. Make a commitment to, to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, um, uh, try not to be judgmental and, and try to, try to really um, foster the relationship that you have. It might take time, but foster the relationship um, with a veterinarian that works for you and your kitties. Okay. Whatever your options Okay, are. guys, we love you so much. Um, that's got to wrap it up because we're so over. But we love you guys, and we will um, we'll see you. We'll see you shortly.
Yeah. Uh, actually, are you finishing the podcast? Yeah, let's just say bye and then jump Okay, bye, you guys. Bye, Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.